Hello and welcome to the special Dry Bones Ministries podcast series, Reflections on the Screwtape Letters. I'm Father Adam Potter, and today we reflect on the 11th letter, all on laughter. Laughter. Did you ever think that this would be a topic of screw tapes of the of, of the evil one? It is. Um, and so there are a number of distinctions that are going to come in breaking down which types of laughter are on the side of God and which side, types of laughter are on the side of the evil one. And I remember the first time that I, I read this, I was thinking, this is the silliest letter. But I don't know, reading through it again, I think there's a lot here, a lot here just to be able to appreciate because it gets to the core of our, our sense of humor, what things that bring us delight and maybe other ways that we dismiss and mock and get a cheap laugh over things that actually are meant to inspire and convict us. But maybe out of an insecurity, we dismiss them and laugh at them all so that we can have the pleasure in the moment as opposed to the pleasure in eternity. So the letter opens in the first paragraph and we realize that Wormwood's patient has found um, that these two new friends has expanded. And so now that he knows the whole group, which if you've ever had that experience, uh, it can be exciting. If this is a group that is held in high esteem and has high social status, you know, right. It's just, it's accepted. Like, wow, that's a cool group to be a part of. Um, and so screw tape is particularly excited about this. Why? Because this whole group of friends are quote scoffers and worldlings who without any spectacular crimes are progressing quietly and comfortably towards our father's house. Oh, I get chills every time that it it talks about comfortably progressing towards our father's house. Um, Because our world is just so filled with comforts um, to say that. Okay. So what is that? Why does screw tape get excited about this? Well, there's scoffers. We don't really use that word much today. Maybe we might say that someone scoffs at some something. So that's the idea, right? Someone who mocks or makes fun of something or someone, often for religious or moral reasons. You can also see why those qualities are positive for screw tape, being a scoffer in a world thing, very focused on this world and making fun of anything that would take this world too seriously that they are progressing quietly and comfortably towards our father's house is chilling right this is great for the demons because it's no spectacular descent to hell it's slow quiet and comfortable i can hear a justification coming from the patient oh they're not that bad right these friends they could be worse they don't swear that much or they don't drink that much or or whatever it is and but they're still bad and this is in a sense more dangerous and this reminds me of an amazing insight that c.s lewis has in another one of his writings it's a sermon called the weight of glory i hope you've read it if not i'd like to read you just an excerpt of it And then connect it to what we're talking about here, about, yeah, a justification of maybe a group of friends or an activity or a habit that it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Here's what C.S. Lewis says in his sermon, The Weight of Glory, quote, 
It is a serious thing to live in a society of possible gods and goddesses. To remember that the dullest, most uninteresting person you can talk to may one day be a creature which, if you saw it now, you would be strongly tempted to worship, or else a horror and a corruption such as you now meet, if at all, only in a nightmare. All day long we are, in some degree, helping each other to one or the other of these destinations. It is in the light of these overwhelming possibilities. It is with awe, the awe, and the circumspection proper to them that we should conduct all of our dealings with one another, all friendships, all loves, all play, all politics. There are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. Nations, cultures, arts, civilizations, these are mortal, and their life is to ours as the life is to a gnat. But it is immortals whom we joke with, work with, marry, snub, and exploit. Immortal horrors or everlasting splendors. End quote. If you need to listen to that again, I would invite you to, right? In short, (laughs) the consideration is that every single person that we interact with is destined for heaven or hell. And if they are destined for heaven, then that means that if we could see them now, they would be filled with such glory that we'd be tempted to worship them. St. Teresa of Avila has this experience where she has this vision of who she thinks is God. And so she bows down and starts to pray. And her guardian angel says, no, Teresa, Teresa, get up, get up. That's just a soul, a baptized soul who has just gone to confession, (laughs) right? Like just a baptized soul who has just gone to confession. So they are completely clean by God's grace and that she was tempted in the glory of who that person was to bow down and worship. And then on the other hand, right, that we would be interacting with someone who is destined. I don't mean this like predestined, but by their actions destined possibly to hell. We would be horrified beyond our wildest nightmares of who they are. So the invitation then is that every single interaction that we have is in some degree helping each other to one of those two destinations. Do you think about it like this? (laughs) Like this would really open up our eyes, our minds to, wow, there's no boring day. There's no boring person. There's no boring conversation or active service or charity or on the contrary, snub or jest or exploitation everything that we do in a real way echoes an eternity has eternal ramifications so that's why like to think about this group they're not that bad they're they're not that uh you know despicable or licentious or rude or sinful it's like right but are they leading you closer to god or closer to Satan. And here's where it's it's in this kind of mode that we consider, oh, even laughter would have a great significance <laughs> to my eternal destiny. So let's break down these four causes of last laughter that Screwtape identifies. First is joy. Thinking about, excuse me, thinking about the ways that joy can cause laughter. Friends, lovers reuniting at the holidays. Um, it's interesting the screw tape says that they do not understand this or know this joy. 
right, he's speaking for all the demons. Of course not, because this is the music of heaven. Dante, in his divine comedy, he describes one of the noises of heaven as being laughter. And it's laughter of a true joy of being in the presence and being in this full relationship with the perfect, with God, who is perfect love. The next cause of laughter is fun. It comes from the instinct to play. I think of kids playing at recess and the laughter that occurs. Sometimes even adults can do this too. Hitting a great shot on the golf course, playing cards or a surprise on a hike. The third cause he describes as the joke proper. So I don't know if you, this is probably like a technical breakdown of what makes a joke a joke, but it turns on a sudden perception of incongruity, right? Usually an equivocation that I'm using this word in one way and one way, and then all of a sudden switching it and making you realize, nope, I was actually talking about it in this completely different way. And so this is more promising for screw tape. Why? On the one hand, it relies on the body or sexually inappropriate humor. But there's a deeper level that he goes into the destruction of shame. So body, right? We're talking about sexually inappropriate humor. But the one that Screwtape focuses on is this destruction of shame. Can we talk about this? He says it's because the English take their humor so seriously. I don't know if you would say that as Americans, we do the same. Some do. Some take their humor very seriously. The the use of humor is a way to tear others down or to build oneself up and always done in a very serious manner. And this type of humor can mask a lot of vice, right? Think about the, the one who's always tearing other people down through jokes, through sarcasm, through cynicism. It can mask this cowardice. Or maybe a jealousy that actually what I really want is to have what you have. And so I'm going to tear you down. And maybe it's greed. I would just love to have a lot more of this. And so I make fun of others who do. You get the idea, right? So the discovery of this type of humor is damning. Because the patients can then use this humor to get away with anything. Can you hear him justifying it? It was only a joke. It was only a joke. Don't take it so seriously. When in fact he is taking it seriously. Now let's move to the fourth cause of laughter. It's flippancy. Serious subjects are discussed in a manner which implies that they have already been found to be ridiculous. That's the idea of flippancy. Quote, only a clever human can make a real joke about virtue or indeed about anything else. Any of them can be trained to talk as if virtue were funny. End quote. Oh, so this is such a dangerous hardening of oneself off to what's true and good and beautiful that Screwtape will say flippancy builds up around a man, the finest armor plating against the enemy that I know. Gosh, how does this happen? By constantly demissing these serious and eternal subjects as not being anything serious. Then we start to adopt that, that mentality and actually don't take them seriously. All right, can we think of any examples? Um, can we go to chastity? Just think about how many people will just 
laugh at the person who's trying to save themselves for marriage or trying to be pure or not to look at inappropriate things online or not trying to use inappropriate humor. And the one who's always laughing, always making fun. Oh my gosh, listen to you trying to save yourself. Listen to you trying to be pure and just like laughing at it, mocking it, dismissing this real virtue, right? The pure of heart. Blessed are the pure of heart for they shall see God. And now if this is taken on, not just as a sleight of hand, not just as a, as a joke, it actually comes to form the way that they think about that virtue and have dismissed it altogether in a way that now they're hardened such that if, if chastity were to be reproposed in a way that's convicting, convincing, engaging, right? All the things that should convert any heart they've already built up around themselves this hardened outer crust such that no way could I do that. I've been making fun of that my whole life. You're telling me I'm actually supposed to respect the other person making this up, right? Um, so that's the idea. And I'm sure there are plenty of others, plenty of other examples too. Huh. Well, this whole chapter letter on laughter Maybe it needs to make us to think about how we laugh. We need to laugh more in the spirit of joy of these moments of being connected with life and friends and those that we love and to allow those moments just to bring about a freedom to laugh in the fullness of what we can anticipate in heaven in terms of play that we wouldn't take ourselves too seriously that we could actually, especially as adults, be free to um, play and engage with engage with activities that aren't efficient and productive, but are just because they are and that they're worth doing in and of themselves. And to be careful about what we joke about. What is the joke? What are we trying? What are we trying to achieve in telling this joke? In flippancy, gosh, if if we have a spirit of flippancy. Holy Spirit, cast this out of us. Amen. Cast this out of us that we might actually value what needs to be valued to uphold what needs to be upheld for our good and the good of everyone that we meet. For there are no ordinary humans. Every single person that we interact with is destined for eternally with God or eternally away from God. Psalm 19.14 says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let's take that to prayer, huh? Psalm nineteen fourteen, To think about the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, may they be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Well, so good to be with you. Gosh, I look forward to being able to offer these podcasts. I hope they're being, I hope they're helpful and I hope they're uh, able to guide you deeper into these incredible insights of C.S. Lewis. Keep going. Don't get discouraged. These letters can be long. They can be technical and um, keep going. This is a worthy investment as, 
especially right when offered to God with great trust and great docility of how he wants to mold our own hearts and to reveal how he's calling us to convert now, to give our hearts to him. So thanks for joining us for this special podcast series, Reflections on the Screwtape Letters. If you'd like to support the work of Dry Bones Ministries, please visit drybonespgh.org. Please keep me in your prayers and know that I am praying for you. God bless you.